everybody. You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. So today you're about to hear info that you really won't hear anywhere else. We're going to get into some powerlifting history, some bodybuilding history. Um, that's the beauty of this podcast. We really go into areas that not a lot of people know about, but we've got some guys here that uh, were immersed in the history of powerlifting, bodybuilding, and all that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So <clears throat> Marty recently sent me an article to publish called Fool's Gold. Uh, I thought it was so interesting that I wanted to go ahead and talk about it today on today's podcast. So Fool's Gold involves a powerlifting horror story, as Marty calls it, that begins at the 1968 Olympics held in Mexico when the IWF and the International Olympic Committee uh, entertained and then accepted powerlifting as a new Olympic sport. It also recounts the efforts that Joe and Ben Weider went to in the 1990s to try to bring bodybuilding to the Olympics. As you all know, efforts to accept both sports into the Olympics ultimately failed. But how did all this come about? Well, as luck would have it, our pal Marty Forrest Gump Gallagher was a writer for Muscle and Fitness in the 1990s at their peak and had a ringside seat to some of what we're about to talk about. So Marty, before we begin, um, the article that we published, Fool's Gold, that's now up on the site, um, you started off the article by saying that this story was based on the account of one man who is now dead. Can we divulge who that was or, sure. or no? Yeah, no, sure. It's Bill Starr. <clears throat> Bill Starr was published. Bill Starr published uh, that in 1968 at the Olympic Games. The, I, the International Olympic Committee actually approved the inclusion of powerlifting into the Olympics and then again, all this is according to, to Bill, uh, and, and Bill is no longer with us. Uh, and then within, I think Starr said, for 30 minutes, powerlifting was an Olympic sport. Uh, <laughs> right. And then Hoffman went to the, to the members of the committee and said, again, according to Starr, look, this is, a, this is a bad idea. I don't think we should do this. And he got them to reverse uh, the inclusion of powerlifting into, oh. into the Olympic Games. So, and his the reasons and the reasons were again speculated on by by Bill, who both Jim and I knew uh, personally. Uh, <clears throat> Star surmised that Hoffman was already picking up the tab to send the American Olympic lifters to the all you know the world in the Olympic Games. Right. And if if powerlifting was included, it would double double his travel expenses. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he was you know, I mean, it's funding it out of the guy's own pocket. I'm sure he's sending 11, uh, 11 guys plus a manager and all the you know the, the trainers and all that. Right. It's a big ticket item. So he didn't want to fund two teams. Additionally. He wasn't quite sure that he would be able to retain control of powerlifting like he had with weightlifting. Olympic, yeah. uh, the Weeders brothers, Joe in particular, was located in Los Angeles. He just spent a lot of time with the West Side Barbell guys, the real West Side Barbell guys back in LA, which was uh, Bill Peanuts West 
garage and oh, Lenny Ingro and <clears throat> Hal Conley, Pat Casey, you know, all the West Coast LA powerlifters train there. And Joe would, would come by and he, for years, he had a powerlifting column that was written by yeah. George, George Friend. He was a fan, right, Marty? I mean, he liked powerlifting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, he thought that powerlifting was, was going, that he had an opportunity, that powerlifting would be bigger than um, Olympic lifting. And yeah. that, that while Hoffman called himself the father of American weightlifting, Joe could become the father of American powerlifting. Yeah. So, you know, that didn't... That didn't set well with uh, with Bob, <clears throat> so it was better just to uh, you know strangle the powerlifting baby in its crib. Jeez, man. Yeah. So did it ever come up again? Did it ever get any more interest? No. Well, no, that was well, it. Not the well, one well, shot. Well, 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 no, because starting in the seventies, we. The 60s was a golden era. No one knew about steroids. They were still a secret. You know, 1968, people were like, steroids, what's that? Well, that all changed in the 70s. And from once they started drug testing, I don't think drug testing came in until, mm, I can't remember. I'm thinking like, set, did they test into 76 Olympics? I can't remember. Uh, but whenever testing came in, that's, that was the end of powerlifting's chances. At that point, they were looking to get rid of what they called at-risk sports. At-risk sports, obviously, uh, weightlifting, shot putting, throwing the discus, anything where a, 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 a huge gain could be had by, by taking performance-enhancing drugs. So yeah. at that point, there was no way. Powerlifting was never, ever, they were not going to include another at-risk sport but of course the powerlifters refused to recognize that how long did the effort go on i mean like uh, star said powerlifting was in the olympics for all of 30 minutes which is almost true um but from the 1968 forward how long did the efforts go on for to get powerlifting in? yeah did they have an advocate like like a ben weeder who was always pushing it uh, i don't know yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how long the efforts went on for. I can tell you this. Um, we, we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here, but, but the, the power lifters, they would imitate whatever the weightlifters would do. Uh, when the weightlifters, when the, I, when the International Weightlifting Federation changed the weight classes in the mid 80s, they did that because they wanted to create a schism between between the what they call the the drugged athletes uh and then they would create these new weight classes and then because they would test so rigorously that this these would be brand new world records and national records going forward right. so of course the power lifters had to had to mimic that so they had to change their weight classes too right and it's like for what why yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so, yeah, so, so the, so the drugs did not help powerlifting's chances of getting it. It totally <laughs> made it radioactive. But my question is, did the, did we see the drug problem on the Olympic lifting side? 
Oh, yeah, man. They were oh, my God. Yeah. The Bulgarians, yeah. they sent the whole Bulgarian team home. And when was that? Hey, what about the boat, Marty? There was a boat offshore. Oh, yeah. Well, that was that was before. Oh, it was oh yeah. Top secret. Yeah, the Russians at in 1976, <laughs> the, the Russians sent a, a medical, uh, I don't know, I guess it was a, what do they send across the ocean? A tanker, whatever, a ship, a, med a medical ship to the Montreal Olympics. They docked it there and they would test their athletes before events to make sure that they would pass the drug test. And if yeah. they, they didn't pass the drug test on the, on the Russian ship, they would say, oh, uh, Vladimir has been injured. Now we must enter, uh, you know, David. So, I mean, that was the height of uh, the state-sponsored drugging when you send your own medical ship to the Olympic Games to help your, your athletes cheat. It's just, it's just so naive of the Olympic Committee or whomever to, I mean, everybody, you know, every sport takes drugs. You know, now, now maybe not just because the testing is so stringent, but not break all this dancing. Sport, man. All not, not, not break dancing. You, Marty, if it, was, <laughs> if it was one spin, you know, between you and the gold medal, you know, you'd be taking it if for the whatever they do with break dancing. I don't know, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, you know, yeah I wouldn't take it. Just those like break, those break dancers are pretty clean. Yeah, they are, and the synchronized <laughs> swimmers. That that actually made it in. Break dancing did. I don't know. You tell me. You got I thought the, it did. You got the I, list. That's what I thought. That's what I, I, thought I didn't see that on the list. Yeah, no, it did. It did, as far as I know. I mean, you know, it's just very recently, like within the last two months. Yeah, I mean, how how exciting was the Olympics when we were kids, or when we, you know, when we got a little older? I mean, it was just a big deal. Well, well it, was a, it, was, it, it was a class of civilizations. The the earliest yeah. one I remember is the 1984 Summer Olympics because it was in Los Angeles, and. All, all I remember was it was it was a huge deal, right? But they used to play these commercials of Carl Lewis and Carl. You guys remember who Carl Lewis was? Long jumper. Yep. And no, uh, sprinter. I think we did both. He right? was a he was a sprinter. Yeah, he did he did multiple things. He did he yeah. did sprinting, long jump. Uh, but I remember this commercial playing back in 1984, and it was the the song I love LA was playing in the background. It was Carl Lewis and he takes off for a long jump. And it was so funny. And he land where he lands is somewhere out in the city, like outside the stadium. He jumped so far, you know? So I remember all this hype about the Olympics and everybody was fired up and into it. And it was like, you know, a big deal when it came to your city, you know, because there's a big yeah. opportunity for, for all the businesses and people to go check it out. But I don't know. Do we really see that anymore? It seems to be on the the decline. I mean, you know, and maybe it's not as much of a big deal here in the U.S. as it is in other countries that are really smaller countries you're, that are you're, really. You're, you're, you're really you're really skipping ahead on the story here. I think I think you're you're bringing us into the future tense. I think we need to discuss the past tense first. Yeah, go ahead. Discuss. Well, all right. So again. The, the, the drug thing got huge when they started busting the top athletes and it peaked with Ben Johnson. Yeah. That was the hugest mm -hmm. of all scandals because, again, that was in Montreal. That was in Canada. Ben was a Canadian. Boom. No, actually, he got he got busted in uh, Korea. That was the Seoul Olympics. Yeah, uh, but, but the point being that 
they were looking to get rid of at-risk sports. But weightlifting was came within a hair's breadth of being kicked out of the Olympics. They're like, we don't need this. Let's get rid yeah. of shot. Same thing with shot putting. They were like, why do we? Why do we need this? We let's get rid of the sports that there's drugs involved. And it was actually it was a it was a common sense. If drugs are such a big problem, let's get rid of the drug sports. Especially in those sports where it's displayed on the outside of your body also. You know what I mean? Like where- where Yes, I, uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. The, 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 the sprinters, Jim's point, Jim's larger point is that athletes across the board were taking performance enhancing drugs. And that's right. absolutely correct. Uh, Valerie Bortsoff, all the, to the top Russian sprinters, uh, you know, all those guys, they were, they were treated as patients in the old, in, in the iron curtain countries. They weren't treated as athletes. They were treated as patients. Yeah. But I mean, this was such a big deal to each country, you know, that their athletes did well. It was like, you're, 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 you at the 1964 Olympic games in Rome, marched around a quarter mile track carrying a 34 pound flag with a pole and he had was trained in it and he was told if he bobbled that flag one time in that opening ceremony he was going to suffer severe consequences and he had to practice he had to practice for two weeks walking that pole around the track because you try holding a 35 pound pole (laughs) basically an olympic bar yeah, man. And you got to walk a quarter of a mile holding it with one hand. I think they even told him he had to hold it with his left hand, which was his weak hand. Yeah, right? man. And back then, they meant consequences. They meant consequences. This was a class of civilizations. This was this was communism versus capitalism. This was yeah. the com- the communists took it to their mind that the Olympic Games and the World Championships, but mainly the Olympic Games, were the perfect opportunity right. to prove that socialism created the ultimate man and and superior overall by by showing that correct yeah correct and they portrayed you know blasoff whose father was actually a a commentarian who's a he was a he was a secret agent in china uh he was really in with the elite but he was portrayed as like a rural farm boy you know what i mean right right and uh, you know that their athletes were gassed out of their minds that they didn't know it. And they were competing against our guys who were just kind of regular guys, you know, you know, and it, it went on for a long time until they finally uncovered the fact that, Hey, wait a minute. And John Ziegler, uh, who was from Albany, Maryland, right up the street from where I grew up. He went out for drinks in 1950, no, 1960 at the Rome Olympics. He went out for drinks with a Soviet sports medicine doctor and the doctor let slip, um, hey, we're using testosterone. <laughs> and that was the first tip off. Oh, they're, you're, they're using supplemental testosterone. The floodgates oh. were open. Yeah. Floodgates, and he developed Dianabol. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Seba had already developed it, but maybe they were using it for another purpose. And Ziegler fine tuned it. Okay. And then they used it on the York guys initially. Yeah, he was with all those guys. Yeah, yeah. They they, they dosed initially. They dosed Lou Reiki and Bill March. Those are the first two guys in this country to get on. And and Lou 
set a world record in the snatch at 181, 325, 1965. And March came, I don't know, probably within 10 pounds of the world record within two years of getting on. And then after that, it, it, uh, it, it got out everywhere, got into the bodybuilding world. Bill Pearl was one of the first guys in this country to get on some serious stuff. And that was part of the reason he was so massive. Uh, and, you know, but, but the Olympics, the, the Iron Curtain countries, the East Germans, the Russians, once the drug testing came in, they actively got into masking. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you tell us the test and we'll figure out a way to beat it. Right. And they still, you know, there's a movie out called Icarus. Did you see, you guys see that yet? Yeah. That's a little old. That's a couple years old. Yeah, I know. But still it's, it's, it's just shows you the lengths that the Russian government will go with the wall that moved and the, they changed yeah. the urine and pushed the, the wall back through again. I mean, it's just, well, let us not forget Lance Armstrong. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's uh doesn't have to be a government thing. The individuals <laughs> themselves, themselves so hard and they know that 10 seconds here or three seconds or a millisecond makes yeah. such a difference. They're going to take drugs. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you guys ever see the thing? I was watching something. I, I think it took place in Germany, but they had some underground bunker that they would send these athletes to and they would just lock them in there. And they had like uh, hyperbaric chambers and, and Island. swimming. They had pools down there and bikes. Uh, and it was I like, they would I don't know about the underground. You're talking about the Leipzig Sports Institute in East Germany. I don't know about underground bunkers, but yeah, they had a huge complex, and that, yeah. that's what they did. They right. had they had, inter, they had an integration of of first off, they they picked their athletes from elementary school, right? Right. They groom they groomed young superstars by going around to elementary schools and picking out the the primo potential future athletes. Then it, they would go through the through the ranks, but once they got to the national level, then they they move them off to the Leipzig Sports Institute in Moscow. They had a, a similar similar deal where the national team trained, and it was a this this collection of scientists, medical people, athletes, coaches, and therapists, physical therapists. They were really huge, and how do we? Using using man, manual massage yeah, to yeah. bring an athlete back to normal as quick as possible yeah. after one of these body shattering training sessions. Yeah. So that yeah, I think that's what you're referring to, JP, the Leipzig Sports Institute. I believe I believe you're right. Now, when they tapped one of these elementary kids to you know be an up and coming uh, athlete, did they have a choice, or could they say, "No, I'm, I'm really no, not no, interested"? No, no. Well, I mean, no, but no, that choice. Well, I mean, what, what what do you think? They're oh oh no, I'm not going to take that job as a Wall Street <laughs> yeah, as, like as a Wall Street. I'm not going to take that job as a Wall Street trader. No, yeah, I can't. Yeah. They didn't have that man. It was either that or they'd go work in the mines. Or yeah, or, or, yeah they're cutting a field with yeah. a sickle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it was an honor. Plus, your family benefited. Everybody benefited. They would, yeah, they would get their, you know, their family. Yeah, no, I get it. They would be up and up. It's, uh, you know, it was interesting those times, Marty. But you know, I was so young, like seventy two, seventy six, when that, when all that happened. But I remember people telling me, and I've seen pictures of like some of the women. Uh, you know, from the Iron Curtain. Well, was that pretty you, obvious? That was. Yeah, oh obvious. my God! Well, no, because what happened is up until 
the eighties, they were, they were better. They were bigger. They were huge. The, yeah. like the East German swimmers, right. right, uh, right. The, their sprinters, uh, you know, they were, they were muscled up and huge because they were beating the test. It was the best of all worlds. Everyone else. It, it was obvious. They were yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. beat the test. Pass the test. What do you want me to do? What do you want yeah. me to do? I passed the test. I'm okay. clean. I passed the test. Right. And, and they were like monstrous. <laughs> it was even better it was even better for the the cheaters when testing came in because then you get the the dummies who don't know they yeah. don't have the sophistication to to beat the test and you said oh i passed the test so i'm you know i'm good to go what are you, what are you yeah. talking about you know? yeah but you have but you're a, a a female east german sprinter with 18 inch calves and a beard yeah. And that, and that's basically what it boils down to, right? Who had the best science? Who had the best yes. ways yes. of getting around all this? So Marty, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the, the Iron Curtain in Russia specifically take their best scientists that could have gone like into the medical field or whatever and put them all in athletics? And well, I, I can't, I can't, can't speak to that, but I'm, I'm sure that, I mean, if I had a choice, if I'd rather be working on Right. I don't know, I don't know cure, curing cancer or traveling around the world with a team of athletes. I'd rather travel around the world with a team of athletes. That's prestigious. It'd be like, uh, you want to be an NFL doctor or do you want to be a doctor in uh, Boston? Yeah, it's a big deal. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And they get paid. Yeah, and there wasn't a lot of choices. Alexiev and, and David Riger, uh, Riger set 63 world records. What did Alexiev said? 82. Uh, the reason that they set so many world records is because they got paid every time they set a world record. So rather than put it up 20 kilos, they put it up a half a kilo. Yeah. Keep setting. Because they're, they're breaking their own world records. Right. Yeah. So, and they'd, get, they'd make bank every time they set a record. Oh, here's $10,000. Oh, here's 10000 You know, set a national record, you get less. Set a regional record, you get paid all down the line. Compare that to America, where you know poor Bob Hayes was at uh, Florida A and M. Uh, he didn't have enough money to get take the bus to where the team was supposed to gather to fly to Rome, and then he goes to Rome and beats everybody's ass. He could fly. Unbelievable! With with he could have run backwards and beat him. Yeah. And, and this is just a, a natural born American. Yeah. Right. And that's what we had to do. We had to rely on our kind of genetic freaks yeah. to overcome these state-supported monsters. Can you imagine the anxiety levels of like the Soviet athletes that, that come and don't even place? I mean, what do they face when they go home? I mean, are they getting beat for losing or what, what's going on with them when they get back? Well, we don't know. <laughs> I think that the chance to better their lives wasn't as great. That's for sure. I mean, uh, most most guys at that level they didn't miss. Yeah, you, you didn't. Dominant. You didn't. You didn't have a lot. You didn't have a lot of Soviet athletes bombing out or, or yeah. doing poorly. Yeah. They no, nah, it was too much on the line. They no, they were, and, they were they were very consistent. And we took that amateur status seriously, man. You remember oh, that, God. Marty? I mean, if you you couldn't do an ad, you couldn't, you know. They banned Paul. They, they they banned uh, Paul Anderson. Could have won the Olympic gold medal in 1960, 1964, and maybe nineteen sixty eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
he was banned because he engaged in, I think it was three professional wrestling matches that he got paid, I don't know, a total of 500 bucks. Not even in his sport. Not no. even in his sport. Exactly. That's, they were, um, the AAU was this, this bunch of white bread old men who were just, just wore suits and were out of touch and yeah. the slightest infraction, you're banned, you're yeah. banned. JP, I don't know if you know about that, but it was nuts. I mean, this whole amateur thing, and they would find somebody got paid, and they get suspended or expelled from expelled. No, you're out. Ever, from ever you can't ever. you can't be in the amateur athletic union, amateur athletic union. If you've ever yeah. take taken any money in any sport, you're out. And you think about it, the Iron Curtain didn't have professional sports, so those were their professionals, well, right? And they're competing against our true that, amateur. That's yeah. the best. That was some of the best paying jobs in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And until we started to allow some of our pros, you know, um, we saw what a difference that made right away when the basketball team came and it was like, well, that was the beginning of the, let me tell you the 84, the 84, was it in LA? Yeah. That yeah. was the, that was the beginning of the Sissy Olympics. Why was that? <laughs> well, because, because the LA Olympics were Sissy Olympics, the Russians didn't come. Yeah. It was just a it was just a big love LA festival with the yeah. Americans just and crushing yeah. because they because all the and the East Germans didn't come, you know, the Chinese didn't it, it was just like all America all the time. It was a big America commercial, right? Yeah. There now, was Marty, no competition. They didn't, Russia yeah. didn't come to eighty four. Is that because of uh, you know, our relationship because, politics? Because of the Afghanistan war. When they invaded Afghanistan in nineteen seventy nine we boycotted Carter, the 1980 Olympics. All JP, all those athletes have been training all their lives and it became a political thing and they weren't allowed to go. I know, I know, yeah, I know two athletes that were that, that effective, two, a, a discus thrower and a wrestler. Can't but I, I know that, that we're training for the 1980 Olympics and you know, no, we're, we're and it didn't mean anything. So we didn't go, oh my God, that's gonna change Russia's mind. Yeah, right. We'll show, the, we'll show those Russians, we won't yeah. compete in the Olympics. Yeah, we'll hurt all our citizens. Yeah, that's you crazy, know. ridiculous. So then the Russians in turn said, you know what? We ain't coming to LA. <laughs> yeah. So after that, that's when all the, you know, that's when it all got soft. You know, and you know, what's the list of sports they included, JP? I mean, did tennis, is tennis an Olympic sport? I don't know. Well, there's a bunch of, uh, I did some research on what's currently in there uh, to show some contrast on, okay, this is allowed, but uh, powerlifting and bodybuilding, we haven't even got to bodybuilding yet, which we will, but uh, yeah, table tennis, table trampoline. Tennis. Trampoline gymnastics, which I know Jim's a big oh, fan. Oh, gym Well, gymnastics should be. That's yeah. a real. That's a real deal, and that's been there since the beginning. Go ahead. Synchronized swimming. Okay. Uh, water polo, fencing. That's a good sport. Now the pentathlon. Do you guys know what that is? Yes, buddy. We know what pentathlon. Is. So it's a it's a mix a mixture of fencing, swimming, horse riding, shooting, and running. It's five sports, military based. That sounds like good hit training out there in the uh, forest, Marty. You gotta take that up. The pentathlon. Uh, that's, not, that, my, that's my wife. 
<laughs> dressage. Uh, that's dress, a, dressage, dressage. Not, oh, not that's cool. Never, <laughs> wait, is that what you see how the horse looks? What is my, that? My <laughs> wife competes in dressage. Well, don't tell her I called it dressage. <laughs> oh, I am. Stacy, Stacy, are you sorry, Stacy? I'm not. I'm not dressage. into uh, horse riding. Dressage. You are. Okay. You know what? You might have lived in California a long time, but you're still a Pennsylvania hillbilly. That's Marty, right. what what's that consist of? Oh my god! It's Everybody. no, don't tell her. It's it's horse dancing. <laughs> yes, horse dancing. Yeah, it's dancing. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, horse, making horses do intricate maneuvers to show control right. of the animal. Yeah, and the athleticism of the horse. Dressage. Uh, JP just called dressage dressage. He didn't. No respect, dude. No respect. I got respect. I just didn't know how to say it. <laughs> she has got a look on her face, boy. It's good you're not here. Like I ate yeah. when I ate a green bean. That's how. <laughs> Dressage is yoga and bodybuilding for horses. Uh -huh. There you go. I'm all for it. It wasn't me, Stacy, at all. Well, it's an Olympic sport, I guess, right? Jim, Jim says it wasn't me, Stacy. Tell her it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, where were we? Uh, uh, rhythmic, list. rhythmic gymnastics, race walking, which is um, long race. distance race oh. with an athlete walking fast for 20 yeah. kilometers. I'm allowed to bend your yeah. knee. How do you do that? No, I saw that. I saw a great episode of Malcolm in the Middle where, what was the father's name? How he, he did race walking, but he wore a streamlined helmet like the bikers wore. Nice. To improve, his aerodynamics. To improve his aerodynamics while he was yeah. walking. And he shaved his legs, right? So he's. Uh, no, they, no, they wore uh, body suits to cut down oh. the, the wind resistance. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. Uh, badminton. Oh, yeah. Here's, but let me let me just give you. I won't go on and on, but no, a couple no, keep, of things. Keep going, man. Keep going. God, this is good. Keep going. Bad okay, this is the, this is this is the best one. Now, this one was well. Don't pre 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 preempted. Tell tell us what it is, and then tell us why it's cool. This one's called plunge for distance. Okay, so it's, that's like that dog diving thing where the dogs dive off. Yeah. The now this was allowed in one Olympic Games, 1904, in St. Louis, Missouri. So basically, what you do is you jump off a platform. Uh, okay. Okay. 1904. All right. Next. But, but, but wait a minute. I know it's only so been you in jump one, in, and that was a hundred some years ago. You jump in the pool and then you see how fast or how far you can float. Now, I watched a video of this, and it was funny because they had guys on the sidelines out of the pool going, and the guy's going, like, barely even moving in the pool, and you guys got spectators going, yeah, come on, come on, <laughs> you know, like he's doing a PR or something. <laughs> Next. But then there's um, um, solar synchro synchronized Sunk. swimming. Now, this is current stuff. Not this is this is this is stuff that was was in for a while and then and okay was, all right, uh, all right, all right, all right. time out time, no 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 time out that's not the way it works every year who yeah. well, every four years whoever hosts the games they get to include a sport uh, okay so you yeah. like let's say you're you're um i don't know uh india if india hosted the sport they might say hey we want to have cricket nice Right or whatever you so and I think it only lasts for one Olympics. I think the host country is always allowed 
to add some sort of a, I don't know, ethnic or, you know, sport, right. sport Indigenous yes, to that culture in that country. So, all right, maybe we well, should spin ahead because we're getting- Well, but uh, wait a minute. You're exactly right. Let me just color that a little bit. You're exactly right because um, croquet, when that made it in, the French won all the events because they were the only ones to compete. So that happened in Paris in 1900. So that goes way back, but that was croquet. Yeah. Uh, Marty, this is one you could have done, uh, motorboating. <laughs> and you, go, you basically uh, race around a course five times. The average speeds barely hit 20 miles an hour and spectators could hardly see the competition from the shore. I don't know who thought that one up, but that was actually in uh, the Olympic Games at one point. When was that, 1873? No, that was another old one too, 1908. So why, why, do you pick, why do you pick something in like 2020? Do we have any, any sports from 2020? That well, got here's, one, here's one that ended in 1972, so that's a little- No, oh, no, that's 40, that's 55 <laughs> years ago, man. Let's go on to something else. Let's go on, can we please go on to something else? Give us the ones now. Give us the ones now. Do you have that list, JP? I have the current list. Yeah, I was go. giving you ones that were were made Wait, it, in, hmm. but were thrown out. We got it. We got it. We got it. What's next? Um, well, I kind of, you know, read them all. I mean, those. No, okay, well, let's let's, let's go into let's go into something else then. Okay. Why don't we talk about bodybuilding and how? That was the the Weeder boys were trying to get that into the Olympic Games. There's That's a whole it. story behind that, and Marty yeah. had a Marty had a front row seat for that one, so well, it makes it a little more interesting. Yeah, I kind of a front row seat. Again, everything that I heard was passed along to me secondhand. I I I was not an intimate of Ben and Joe Weeder. That was a pipe. But I, but but my. My bosses were, I, you know, Jim, uh, Dr. Jim Wright, uh, Julian Schmidt at Flex, uh, Tom Dieters at Muslim Fitness, Bob Wolf, my first boss at, at Muslim Fitness. Uh, those guys did deal with the weeders. Well, at least with Joe. Ben was in uh, Montreal on a on a continual basis, and and the weeders' dream was to see bodybuilding in the Olympics. They envisioned that, you know, at the end of each Olympic game, the world's most perfectly developed athlete would be crowned in sort of the climactic event to end the games, right? And that, I, th I think it was primarily Ben's vision, but Joe was heavy into it too. And, um, they had the dream for a long time. I don't think but, Ben ever gave it up, Marty. I think. I, well, I don't think so either. I don't, I don't think so either. Uh, but when they got the the financial wherewithal, particularly in the nineties, uh, they actively courted Juan Antonio Samarovich, who was the the president of the International Olympic Committee. I mean, this was the top guy, and for. I th actually, there's a typo in the article. I think I say that there, the Olympia was held in Atlanta two years in a row. Yes, right. Actually, actually it was held three years in a row. Three years. Uh, yeah. yeah. And in 1993, I think in 93, uh, Dorian won. I think Flex took second. I think that was Dorian's best year, by the way. That was pre-bicep tear. Yeah. And his legs were incredible. 
Ben in 94 was held in Atlanta that year. I think Dorian won. Sean took second. And then in 95 in Atlanta, Dorian. And then that's what the year that Kevin took, took second. So, but the reason that they held it in Atlanta is because in 94, the Olympics were held in Atlanta. So Juan Antonio had actually gotten a house in Atlanta and he lived there for two or three years in the lead up to the games. So they would wine and dine him. Yeah. And, oh man, it was a big deal. Uh, and he would come to the Olympia and they would, you know, showing around. And of course, this guy was just leading them on. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you, man, I love bodybuilding, but there's no competition. All these other sports, even the race walking and all that, you're competing against someone else. Right, you, right. you have to actually beat them doing this. In bodybuilding, it's it's never the competition. There is no competition. You, well, there's no, uh, there's, no there's, there's no there's no there's no performance to it. Right. But when you, 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 you can, can be know. you can Jimmy, you can be weak as a kitten. On, you right. you're going to be weak as a kitten on your your best day. Yeah, it's just the climax of your training and your dieting is the show. You know what I mean? And and you know that's why it cracks me up. You, this guy's talking crap about that. You're not boxing the guy. You're flexing your muscles and what he looks like. You have no bearing on that. You can't do anything with. It. You can't punch him in the face. It's it doesn't matter. Well, if you're training to be a statue, right? You're, I mean, and and it's great. That's fine, but it's not an Olympic sport. I mean, some it's, of it's not a sport. No, it's not. It's not. There's, it's a, it, there, there's no relation to performance. That's right. And the performance is done when you get to the show. The performance is in the training. And that's not right. something that's judged or, you know. So. Well, that was their that was their dream. And they were really uh, serious about it. And they just had these visions that, um, you know, they would be able to get get bodybuilding into the Olympics. And again, it would be sort of this climactic yeah. event. But again, these were guys that were coming out of this clash of civilization era, yeah. And they had the they had the money and the wherewithal. And imagine purposely having your biggest competition of the year in a particular city for one man. Right. Just so you want. They were all in on trying to get that in. But how would this have worked with the the drugs and oh, things man, like Russians, that? I mean, you, Russians would have been great. He, Juan Antonio, knew from the first instant that there was no way this was going to happen. Yeah. He was just taking advantage. He was getting free, you know, free stuff. And who else wanted it? I mean, I don't know if anybody, you know, the bodybuilders, you know, then they can't make money. So, you know what I mean? I mean, who else wanted it? I think it was just Ben Weider's dream his whole life to have bodybuilding Olympics. There was no shot. There was no. I could have told. I could have no. told. They should have called me. I would have told. I, I know. I know. But but he, I'm sure that they were led on. Yeah. Yep. By by the guy who could make it happen. Yeah. Let me tell you, that guy at his peak of power, he could twist enough arms, he could make anything happen. Yeah. And the Olympics were huge. When he and was the Olympics were huge. And it was going to be in Atlanta. Would it be perfect if they got bodybuilding into the Olympics for the you know the American Atlanta Games? Yeah. Huge. That would have been huge. That would have made bodybuilding, you know, put it right up there with, uh, you know, swimming or, or gymnastics. But again, it was never going to happen. You're right. Yeah. So was that the, um, 
I mean, so all this, all this, this story that you just told, you were, these were kind of the conversations that were going on in the, inside the weeder offices during that time. Well, I went, to, you, I went to Atlanta for, and, you know, the night of champions and, you know, I hang out with my boys and, you know, they were like, Hey, how come we're having the, I mean, you know, how come we're having the, the Olympian Atlanta three years in a row? What's so special yeah. about Atlanta? Did you did you ever talk to any of the uh, the Olympic uh, the Olympia competitors about you know what if we were to get this in in the Olympic Games did I mean did you have that conversation with anybody No it just wasn't something because it as we're talking it kind of made sense to the weeders but not to Marty really wasn't so realist. much anybody else he was a realist Yeah Yeah I'm yeah. not to, Yeah it didn't occur to me If yeah. I could go back in time I would JT yeah, I mean, powerlifting had a better shot, a lot better shot, because it's actually a competition. Wait, power, I mean, that makes power, total Powerlifting sense, was yeah. in. Powerlifting was in. Yeah. What are you talking about? Better shot. It was in. For 30 yeah. minutes. For 30 minutes. <laughs> and it would have slipped in under the wire. And had it had it, it probably would still be a sport. Right. You know what I mean? If you got in in 68, you were you were before the 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 real nasty drug scandals that started yeah. to happen in the seventies. That's when the, that's when everything soured. That changed everything. That's when the Olympics lost their luster. One year they sent home the entire Bulgarian Olympic weightlifting team. I think it was in eighty. You know why? Because they. That's no, true. They. You know why? They figured out that they were using diuretics as a masking agent. And they figured it out right before the games. So the Bulgarians came to the games. Oh, yes, we do fine. We use our usual diuretics. And they go, guess what, boys? We figured it out. You're all busted. <laughs> Sent the whole damn team home. They faced, they left. That's crazy. Right? And that, that was the greatest sport. The Bulgarians, I mean, that, that was the height of their national pride. They were the greatest uh, uh, a country the size of, I don't know, Massachusetts was the greatest weightlifting power in the world. And now all their world champions and they're sent home in disgrace. Oof. Not good. So, I mean, is there any chance for, for powerlifting going forward or do you think it's just, just done? Have you not been listening? Have you not been listening? Well, because of the drugs and everything. Yeah. It's so toxic, but. <laughs> Well, you know, also, and has that else? just killed it forever? I mean, well, yes, that's what the whole point. Yes, it didn't have, I, it, I know it hasn't had a it hasn't had a chance since 1968. But, but it seems like they could figure it out. I mean, well, table tennis is in there. Yeah. They don't <laughs> see the article. JP, we, don't have... JP, we talk about that right right in the article where, where we say that the power lifter said, well. You know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to demonstrate that we can be a, a, a clean sport. We're going to be as drug-free as 10-meter diving, dressage. We're going to have out-of-competition testing. There are going to be plenty of drug suspensions. We're going to get all the bad apples purged. We're going to be so drug-free that the IOC would say, powerlifting is so pure and clean and cool and popular, and it deserves to be an Olympic sport. Yeah, but nothing was that clean, right? I mean, pretty much it wasn't every sport you know, kind of doing it and just in addition God. in addition to the drug thing, they don't they have no advocate. So 
the one thing about bodybuilding is that at least Weaver was centralized and they had a guy who was pushing towards that when power, when Marty was first coming up and they were having those Pacifico meets and, you know, and he was really involved in it. That was the only world championships. Right. And so yeah. that, that organization could have pushed and pushed and pushed and made some headway, just like bodybuilding made headway, but never got there. When but when body- it fractured, when you have the, the land of, you know, 20,000 20, uh, um, organizations, there's nobody, there's no advocate centralizing to push forward either. It's real simple. Bodybuilding draws 400,000 people to the Arnold Classic. Yeah. Okay. Powerlifting can't get 200 people to a high school gym. Yeah. Right, right. So that's my point. And you've got a great article that uh, addresses that, um, uh, how CrossFit saved uh, powerlifting. Yeah, thank uh, God for that, right? Yeah, that article is on our website too, how CrossFit saved powerlifting. So you talk about how it was, how powerlifting was dying out and here comes CrossFit and all of a sudden everybody wants to compete, you know, on the deadlift, the bench, the squat, and all that and uh you know the meats went through the roof yeah and it helped olympic olympic weightlifting big time yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, and again olympic weightlifting has never been big in this country i mean this is a this is a peewee sport uh and you know so yeah there's no there, there was no possibility and i thought the height of their silliness is when when they mimicked the change in the weight classes it's yeah. like you're, you still are clean. And I don't forget when they changed. Well, I'm going to say 2004 or something like that. I can't remember. But it, it was just they were still hanging on to that silly fantasy. Like nobody noticed. Nobody <laughs> noticed. You know, the Olympics yeah. aren't noticing what you're doing. No, 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 no. And it's like and, and they, they would say, oh, well, this is how we're going to get powerlifting in the Olympics. It's like, that's never going to happen. And they're looking to get rid of that risk sports, not include new ones. JP, do you have a list of any new ones? I thought you were said you did. No ones. Uh, yeah, I just kind of went over it. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Well, I thought, it was break. We got to find it. Is break dancing really in the only? How could that be? And and Marty said it was just a few months ago. Who cares about break dancing anymore? Well, the a lot, thing of, is, lot of people, millions of people worldwide. That's who cares about break dancing right now. If we can't get, it's not this. It's not as participants, but people who find it interesting and tune into it. That's the whole game. It's 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 TV viewership. It's popularity. These these sports are, are included because they're immensely popular. I think ballroom dancing might have been been in. You know what I mean? It's it's that's what they're looking for. They're looking for sports that draw eyes. I think ballroom dancing is in. Yeah. Jeez. I don't know. We should have done a little. It's more not research. that it's not. They, t- they test uh, for that one. It's not. That, <laughs> I tell you what. I would not be surprised if somebody was taking drugs. Don't be naive, man. I always tell everybody, assume everybody's on drugs and be surprised when you find out they're not. Because, you know, that it's only a little bit of difference, you know, from a gold to silver. I'm, you, you, you think well, I'm, you got, no, you, know, you got a good point. I mean, I'm sure that's true. The shooting, you're not allowed to take marijuana because it actually relaxes you and helps you. Uh, the shooting, the big thing was the uh, beta blockers. Beta blockers. And, you know, it, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were on who knows? I never even heard about that, but that makes sense. I mean, there's drugs for everything, I guess, huh? Yeah, but mm. like, what's up, dude? Shoot it, man. <laughs> Shoot it, dude. I'm so <laughs> steady. 
in amphetamines. No, they would, they would, I knew, a, I knew a guy who was an Olympic level shooter. And the whole goal was that they would take beta blockers and they would try to, to pull the trigger between a slowed heartbeat. Yeah. Well, how, how do military snipers do it? They got right. it all figured out. There's, right. they're not they're not tra taking drugs for that. They have their their, no, but, their no, breath no. and everything just dialed in and figured out. Yeah, but I'm heartbeat. But they're not winning trying to win a medal. You know what I mean? Like if, yeah, uh, yeah. Well. All this is very interesting. It's just it it's is. just interesting the contrast of what's in now, what's been in before, and then you look at powerlifting and it's the, all the things that have happened. It's I don't still think not power, I don't I don't think powerlifting deserves to be in the Olympics. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Tell me why? Because the equipment also because, no, yeah, well, take the equipment off them. Yeah. I, I you know uh, I, my my suggestion would be. Cut it down to five weight classes, up to 150, 150 to 200, 200 to 250, 250 to 300, over 300. Cut yeah. it down to five weight classes, no gear, <clears throat> legal lifts, uh, but there's no appetite for that. There's no audience for that. There's no, there, there's no groundswell for, oh my God, this is such an interesting sport. We must see more of it. People don't care. Okay, because and that's, because that's based on 60 years of empirical experience. Right, and you're exactly right. And this is actually one of the things that Jim wanted to talk about as far as the gear, would they allow it, would they not? But you're right, it, it, people, it, it, I guess people wanna see guys benching 1,100 pounds, which they no, can't no, do naturally. No, no, they don't, they don't. Geared lifting is dying. Okay, it's down to they, they their national championships might pull whatever a hundred entries. The the raw, they're cutting it off at four fifty. Well, again, this is all pre pre pandemic. Uh, the the now the geared lifting is is dying a deserved death. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, those sleeves they wear now, just like wraps. Oh, absolutely. The raw when, sleeves. Just if like you that. if you have to pull them on with pliers, that's supportive. Just like wraps. Yeah. I, mean, I got no problem wearing a belt, you know, as long as it's not too wide. It's not one of those ones from Home Depot that the guys are wearing. But, you know, you start to get into all the other stuff and then you give an inch and then, you know, then they add something else or add something else. If they invented a shoe that increased your, dropped your 100 meter dash time by two seconds, that shoe would be banned so fast your head would spin. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah, it's very similar to bench shirt, and and it's, no, it's the same. It's the same. It's it's exactly right. analogous. It's and the same the, damn thing. Same thing goes for. Can you imagine, you know, a guy walking out with the bench shirt on, and this Olympic person that decides that they're going to be in Olympics and, or not, and seeing that and going, well, what does that do? And them going, well, it lifts like gives them another five hundred pounds or four. It, that, you can't do that. You can't have that. It would be a joke. It would be a farce doing that. You know, you wear what you want in a competition that allows it, but don't try to get in the Olympics doing that. Mark Chalet one time asked me what I thought about. He inducted the the first guy to bench press a thousand yeah. into the York Hall of Fame. And he said, Well, what do you think of that? And I said, Well, I, actually, I think they should have inducted the bench shirt. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, and that. I, I don't think you want to talk about it, but that bench shirt has a whole interesting story behind it too. 
Yeah, we know that backwards and forwards. Uh, so again, I think that the larger point is that the first of all, the modern Olympic Games are, are bear no relationship to that ancient class of civilizations. Yeah, right. Uh, secondly, uh, I, I think that the modern Olympic Games have have uh, what they've diluted. It's become more of a popularity. Uh, you know what's popular, what's hip, right. what will draw mm -hmm. eyes. It's 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 almost like an athletic version of uh, one of the uh, you know. Uh, Well, you got a lot going on over there today. Yeah, I'll tell you. Man, that's a big party the over there. That's on fire. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the, mod the, mo the modern Olympic Games bear no resemblance to the, to the, to the great games of the past where the, you'd have the Russians competing and the East Germans. You know, nowadays it's, it's like uh, one of these um, uh, variety shows, you know, where you've got uh, four judges <coughs> You know, looking at uh, different yeah, yeah, acts. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, oh, here comes the 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 break dancers. Oh, here are the, the the jugglers. Here's the guys who really good singers. You know, and here's Howard Stern and you know four other people, and they go, wow, that was incredible. You know, that's the modern Olympics, in my opinion, and I, I think it's reflected in the in the viewership. I think they do very well in terms of viewership, uh, but. Is it is it on the major channels anymore? I don't even know. I, I think so. I, I mean, mean watch much TV. So it it used to it used to be back back when I was coming up in the sixties. Oh man, uh, they they'd have it. You'd have it on during the day. Yeah, and then at night they'd have ABC. They'd have like four hours of Olympic coverage every night. And yeah. that would go on for the length of the games, which might yeah, be what we'd look at the medal standings. That was a big oh, thing. Oh, it was man. important, right? Was, it, was, mm -hmm. it was important. Yeah. So yeah, I, you can't compare the modern, the modern games to that. I mean, they're coming up. Does anybody, you know? No, I don't care at all. You know what I'm saying? I haven't. I haven't looked at them. I mean, I would probably pull up some of the weightlifting to see see where they were at if I could find that. Yeah. But I'm not going to find that on any kind of major TV coverage. If they have any coverage, what are they going to cover? First off, they'll cover only the sports that America does well in. Right. So a lot of, a lot of swimming, you know, maybe some gymnastics, then they'll only cover the popular sports. I can't remember. And if they have sh something like shot putting on, it's what, 15 seconds? Here's the winning throw from the, the <laughs> Olympic Games. And, you know, bang, you see, you see. And I go, can we have some more of that? And the answer is no. Got away to the break dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah, think, but I think, go ahead. yeah, I think back then, I mean, it was you know politics was so different, and I mean, you know, during these times, I mean, we we're going through the Cold War and all that. So I think we were there was more national pride uh, between all our countries, and it was just a more of a big deal. It was like. Okay way to compete against each other, you know, not in so much a, a political way or a arms race way, but in just human uh, physical fitness and sport. Um, it just seemed like a, you know, this kind of goes along with politics too. And I think so the things that were going on back then just really inspired it to be yeah. a, a stronger thing. 
I don't think we have as much of that nowadays. So I think, um, you know, that's what's kind of changed and been watered down and all that. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. And there's a lot of options now, a lot of options for pe people to watch stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not just and we're just, and we're just in, and that's the other thing. We're just inundated with the internet. You can go on YouTube and watch anything, any competition, do anything, you know, like Marty, we're talking about um, music and the savage beast and all that. And you said something that really struck me. It was, you go, uh, you know how a song comes on out of the blue. It's like one of your favorite songs and it means so much more just coming yeah. Yeah. on by, you know, it just happens to come on rather than playing it. Um, I think this is how the Olympics were too. You know, you weren't seeing anything else That's during, during so the special. year. It was so special. It was special. You didn't have any of this content anywhere else. And bam, four years later, here it is. And it's right. country against country. You know, things are hot. Cold War is going on. All kinds of stuff's going on. I, I just think there was a lot more that went into it. Yeah, they were, we were, they were our enemies. Yes, they were. They were our enemies. And now, but it's not, not anywhere near that kind of, I mean, you know, they were, we were threatening each other with nuclear yeah. annihilation yep. Yep. and we were fighting over Africa and, you know, uh, Southeast Asia and, you know, it was, yeah. we were gunning each other down. And so yeah. now you have, now we have a, a sports where, you know, we send the best, our best against your best and, damn well be certain that our side wants to show that, uh, you know, we're better than you. We're better than you in every way. We're better than you ideologically. We're better than you athletically. And, and who was the audience there? The audience there was these contested countries. Major and I big, think too- Major big deal, major big deal. I think too, in 84, I mean, we were like, at a really bad place with Russia. I mean, we weren't even talking. You guys have heard about in 1983, we almost had mutual uh, annihilation, uh, you know, because that, uh, what was it that um, uh, sonar thing or the, um, um, uh, what do you call it? They, they thought that we had launched on them because they had some new sonar thing um, that for some reason it was showing these, these blips come up these objects headed their way and the guy's sitting there they had one guy and he's like having to make this decision whether to launch on us or not because he's not sure if that's really missiles coming towards us to towards him or not he decides not to hit the button and launch on us and come to find out this new it was radar the new radar system they had just put in um, the clouds were in a certain formation that happened to cause these blips on his screen right. that mimicked incoming missiles. I mean, that was, I'm sure you guys have heard about that. that was in 1983. That was almost the end of everything. But you're saying that the Russians didn't show up in 84. And I'm thinking, you know, that was, that was like, we weren't even communicating back then. We didn't know what was going on on either side. Real scary times, real scary times. So anyway. Awesome. I think that's about it for this. I mean, read that article, Fool's Gold. Just go to our articles and podcast page um, on our website. You'll see the button at the top. It's a real good article. 
pretty much talks about everything that we've talked about here and a little bit more. Um, you can also check out Marty's weekly column raw with Marty Gallagher at Iron Company. If you're in need of any fitness equipment or rubber flooring, check us out. We've got tons of stuff coming in, bumper plates. You know, all this stuff is becoming a little bit more available now. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. It's loosening, loosening up a little bit. It's loosening up. Yeah, we're finally getting some inventory here. Good, 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 um, good, good. Urethane dumbbells and plates and bars and, and everything. So check that out. We've got new Jim Steele articles coming. Um, we're about to get a new one. He's had one on there for the past few weeks. Shortcuts for getting bigger and stronger. Yeah. Check that out. This I don't. What are you? Be. What are you submitting next? Uh, it's about mentors. 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 Important to mentorship in the in the lifting realm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that should be good. So we'll be putting that up in probably about a, a week or two. And then um, finally, if uh, you're seeking online training, if your gym is closed up, or if you know you don't have a lot of time during your week, and you'd like to invite Marty or Jim into your home for online training. Yeah. Uh, con contact them at Marty at ironcompany.com or, or Jim at ironcompany.com. I don't know if you want to invite him into your home. I mean, I got this guy in Pennsylvania. He was up to some, he works a real job with his, with his hands and he's out there in the cold every day. And he was doing four sets of four this morning at, you know, five 30. He sent me the film. Yep. I'm like, that is so inspiring to me, man. That is so great. I got some great clients. That's how you fit it in. You know, yeah, that's it's like no excuses, man. He yeah. doesn't make any excuses. And you know what, Marty squats deep as hell. I was yeah. like, damn, dude. I said, how do you know how to lift? So and his form is impeccable. And he goes, oh, listening to the podcast. And then, <laughs> you know, I just take all the tips that y'all say, and then I go ahead and do it. I thought that was amazing. That's great. That was yeah. Amazing. You know, back um, many, many years ago when I worked a real job, that's, that's what I had to do is, is I had to get up at uh, yeah. whatever, whatever time the gym opened. I had to be there and it worked out better because uh, you, you get it out of the way first. It also puts you in a really good headspace for the work. Nope. Yeah. Well, you have that tsunami of yeah. catecholamines. Yep. That are yep. I never, I never had the energy after an intense no. day of work to Hell go no. crush it in the gym. I just, no. I couldn't do it, man. Yeah. When I worked at the golf course, you know, cutting grass and all that, I would, we would lift on Saturdays and Sundays. And then we'd hit another day midweek, you know, in the afternoon. But mm -hmm. you get done with work, you're like, okay, yeah. Oh, man, that's rough, right? Well, how about, how about you, JP? When do you hit it? Well, I was just going to say you're a lot more consistent in the morning yeah. because you go in, you get a fresh start. You don't have all these things you're being hit with, right. you know, all through the day. If, if I try to lift in the afternoon, I get hit with so much stuff yeah. that I couldn't have ever anticipated that are just blowing my mind. Yeah. Uh, it would screw me up. Plus the other thing is now I did lift in the evenings for, for years, but if you go to a gym, it gets so crowded right. in the evenings. You know, I go, I get there at four now and I go at four, there's a handful of people in the morning. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I just oh, started 4, 4 a.m. Yeah. 4, 4 a.m. And I didn't wow. tell you, Marty, but I started going back to the gym. Yeah, He's back to, back to the gym. I'm back. Bryce is back. How, how's it, how is the vibe? Uh, the, the vibe, you know, it's a handful of people. And, but the, what I'm kind of monitoring and looking at now, 
I'm just now getting back into the gym in February. Okay. I've been out of the gym since last March and I keep a logbook and I'm going in and I'm going, okay, I was this strong when I left. I've worked out at home with a few pieces yeah. of equipment in the backyard. And now, how did I do? How did I maintain? Well, how are you doing? Yeah. What's the Actually, I'm, a, I'm stronger in some stuff. No kidding. What? And that, you know, and that was without. What, 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 I, what, 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 what are you stronger in? Well, I'm stronger in uh, certain back exercises. Well, like and, which ones? Uh, no, I mean, like the rows. Yeah, like like, okay, like cool. rows. Yeah. Okay. Now, were you able to row out of the when you were home? I was able to do a lot of stuff on the cross core okay. with body weight, and I would also hook up a kettlebell onto the cross core and create my own rows. And I also started rowing very heavy kettlebells. But um, when you went back to the barbell, it was. Um, relatively close to back in March. Yeah, exactly. And uh, oh, that's actually, great. That's actually, great. That's great. That's actually great. a little bit stronger because oh, that's even better because I worked out different. I was, I was forced to change everything. You know, we talk about contrast and changing your, your uh, exercises up in your routines, but I was forced because I couldn't go to the gym anymore. It closed down. Right. So this was a real interesting time. But anyway, it's it's interesting now to get back in, see where I'm at compared to where I was. And now but, I'm working. You, out you, you would think that, uh, let's say, back in March, if you rode whatever, 225 for five, <clears throat> then you had to take off for, well, just short of a year yeah. and yeah. do all this other stuff. And you weren't handling anything near 225 in terms of I mean, you didn't have a 225 pound kettlebell. So, the, and no. then to then to come back within the past couple of weeks and go back to the gym and be able to do 220, 230, that's incredible. That's great. You know, well, and, what, yeah. And, and I'm sure that your body feels amazing after doing all the suspension training and the dumbbell stuff. I was without, just going to tell you, yeah. I got, I, I, I was forced to take a break. Yeah. Uh, from the real heavy stuff, like, you know, like I always loved heavy leg presses and stuff, which were starting to hurt my hips. Yeah. Uh, I got no more hip pain. I got no more shoulder pain. Yeah. I put on muscle because I really, I didn't have the heavy weight. So I really concentrated on the mind muscle connection. You know what I would do JP? Yeah. I would do a, a, a time period where you do go to that gym. And then I would do a time period where you have to do it in the backyard. And then I would alternate those and you'll be able to do that forever. Right. Cause you're not going to be doing the same exercise. You're not going to be putting the load on your spine, you know, and think how you feel now, but just plan it out. It could even be three weeks of the gym, one week at home, or it could be a month and a month. You know, I think that's a good thing. What do you think? About you that? know, I think that's a real good idea because or then you again, do, you're you could do forcing, 12, you could do a 12 week cycle and then take four weeks in the backyard. I think so too, because I'll tell you what, when I, when I try to uh, insert contrast at the gym, I, I sometimes I just do it half-assed, and I I go, now nah, I don't like that. I'm going to go back to what I was doing. But when right. you go home again, like Jim is talking about, it forces you to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. So I actually think that's a good idea. I might try that. There you go, son. That's good. But that's cool. That's, cool. that's great, actually. 
But anyway, so that's uh, I'll give you guys updates. I I definitely put on some muscle. I was just telling Jim that uh, you know I weighed myself for the first time on two ninety four, and I'm like, but I got veins in my biceps and forearms. I got some abs, and it's like, you know, I don't necessarily want to be two ninety four, but I have put on quality muscle during that time I was here and really burning it out, squeezing it out, mind, uh, you know, mind and muscle connection. Um, and, that, and now you're going to lose it all by going back to the gym. <laughs> no, like Jim hey, wait, said, wait, wait, wait. I'll come back. <laughs> the most important question is, what's the towel situation at this gym? <laughs> Let me tell you, dude, I don't have that. Where I'm at now in, in Texas, there's no towels all over the place. There's no towels in Texas, baby. There's no. six shooters. They'll, sh- they'll shoot holes in those <laughs> towels if they put them on there. Love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, everybody's packing. Yeah. <laughs> All as right, they, guys. As they train. That's right. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, do the – what's my Instagram, Jim? The Marty Gallagher. <laughs> the Marty Gallagher. Right. The Marty Gallagher. Go there. And The Marty Gallagher. Yeah. And, well, uh, you – you guys, you guys repost a lot of stuff that we we uh, post articles and and the podcast. Um, I, I don't know, Stacy. You're always posting food, Marty, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Jim. You know, Jim's post posting. My dogs. <laughs> yeah, you're posting hunting stuff. Yeah. Oh, check out Boss Barbo if you get a chance. I got a new column up there. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. There's always. Plenty of uh, info and hijinks going on there. Yes. Hijinks. That's a good word. I'm going to steal that. I've forgotten hijinks. I'm going to take that. Steal it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, for my writing. I'm going to get you a shirt that says hijinks. It's perfect for you. (laughs) What was Rich freaking out about that Marty said? Muscle racism or something like that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Marty. That's amazing, Marty. Uh, T-shirt. That would be a good T-shirt. Yeah, really. Muscular racism, muscular racism. Uh, Borat, when he was uh, he was the rapper before he was Borat, I forget what he he was this rapper. And he said, yeah. it's, he says it's uh, racialism." Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? All right, we better get out of here. You guys are uh, going. You're veering Mus- off here. Muscular racialism. <laughs> All right, talk to you guys next. All week. right, guys. See All you. All right, see you. Bye.